Warning, Geesebumps is a comedy podcast based on the works of R.L. Stein. Any similarity to an actual literature podcast is coincidental and unintentional. Why do so many horrifying things happen on Fear Street? Nora knows. She knows how the terror began. She knows about the young girl who burned at the stake and the bloody feud between two families that caused the unspeakable horror that has lasted 300 years. She knows. And she wants to tell. Are you sure you want to hear it? Nope. Bumps, a Did You Mean Goosebumps podcast. I'm Danielle, and I have a PhD. I'm JoJo, and I have a PhD. Kill him. I'm Jeff, and I'm wondering how many episodes of this show do we have to do before we get our own Fortnite skin? Recently, Danielle, they revealed new Fortnite skins from Alien. Ripley and the alien doing TikTok dances. And I'm thinking, hey, what better way for us to really get the podcast out there than to somehow coerce Epic Games into putting us into Fortnite? Yeah, motherfucker. We're way cooler than fucking alien lady, whose name I forgot. You're telling me that now they have (laughs) a sex horror movie alien. They have... They have... Skins now for Fort. That's horrible. Yeah, they're really digging deep. They're they're scraping the bottom of that well. They they've got Marvel Universe. They've got DC Universe. They've got Star Wars. They've got Alien. What's the next? What's the next property that Epic Games is going to tap for some sweet new Fortnite skins? The Muppets. <laughs> Kermit running across. So <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be Kermit running through with like a rocket launcher. <laughs> BTS? Eh? Eh? The boy band. The Korean pop group? Yes. Yeah, yeah I could yeah. see that. Right? They, yeah. yeah. All yeah, the yeah. TikTok dances are mostly them anyway. They love them. They fucking love them. So BTS yeah. and the Muppets. So so what's our ultimate Fortnite battle? It's BTS versus the Muppets versus the 1992 Chicago Bulls. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We need Scotty. We need, we need, we need Rodman. We need Jordan out there in his prime. Oh, bring back Rodman. A Rodman skin, y'all. We need we need handsome Jack and the Borderlands crew yeah. coming through. Yep, that'll work. That'll uh, coming do. through stealth. We need the Reapers from Mass Effect. We need the Firefly cast. We need Malcolm Reynolds. Fucking perfect. Yes. We got it. None of the none of the movie people. Just the TV. We show. need Godzilla. Yeah, and King Kong now. Mothman. Mothra. Mothman. Mothman and Mothra. We need the aliens from Independence Day. Yep. Oh, and Will Smith. Hello. We do need the Paw Patrol. Okay, I will allow it. We need the. We, <laughs> I will allow it. We need the Paw Patrol. We need the the PJ Masks in there. 
We need. We obviously need My Little Pony. For sure. For sure. We can't do anything without them. Flossing is magic. They're the wind beneath our wings. So we've got for the for the season one of Fortnite, we've got Muppets versus <laughs> BTS versus Paw Patrol versus. Firefly cast also versus uh, Godzilla. Godzilla also versus uh, Independence Day cast uh, aliens with Will Smith. We've also got oh god, there's there's a few other characters in there. They're probably you know that'll have to be extra DLC. We'll have to release that next year. Yeah. So I'm just saying like we could fit in there somewhere. Yeah. I just want to learn a TikTok dance, and the only way that that's going to happen is if they turn me into a skin into Fortnite. That's true. Anyway. Anyway. We read a book. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I think that's correct. Do you think the cast of the book that we read would make it into Fortnite? Mm, oh. No, because everyone in this book was boring and bland. Pretty shit. They're not good <laughs> at anything. This was this was this is the unflavored pudding of books. These are the people who can't even Puritan write. They can't even Puritan write. So we read the first of the Fear Street saga, which um, for those of you who are for those of you who are guts deep in the R.L. Steiniverse, you know that the Nit, Net, Netflix, 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 Mister Mi, Mr. Mixelplex, <laughs> known villain of Superman, is going to be making a three-part um, film adaptation of the Fear Street saga. Actually, you know what? At this point, I, I couldn't imagine they are, but they, they're going to. Yep. A three-part uh, of the Fear Street saga, um, which is like 1990-something, 1970-something, and then 1666, which, by the way, those times don't have anything to do with the books. We read the first one titled Betrayal. Um, this is Fear Street Saga 1, 1993, uh, titled Betrayal. And we are now going to do the most important part of our show, that if we don't do it for the rest of the show, you're going to be like, why didn't they do it? Huh? Huh? What? Books. So we have the, the synopsis of Betrayal. Who's who's doing it? Who's taking, the, who's taking these reins? I believe tis moi. Okay. You got, you're going to have two minutes on the clock, Danielle. Let me know when you are ready to spill some beans about this horribly boring book. I am prepared to put some beans up my snoot. Okay. And go this book is about well anyway it's not about anything it starts off with a family of puritans uh father son daughter and daughter is uh of 16 and kind of vapid and she has like a fling like a very puritan innocent fling with the da daughter the son of the rich, powerful family in town. And then the the son, rich, powerful son, whose name is Edward, Sparkle, Sparkle Vampire. Um, Sparkle Vampire is going to, uh, tells his dad he's going to propose to uh, Vapid. And then his dad, whose name is Benjamin? Fucking, fucking bonk, bonkers, bonkers Benjamin. Um, he He's like, no, you're not going to do that shit. I will fucking kill her before I will let that happen. And that's what he does. So he kills her. He burns her. He accuses her and her mom of being witches and they burn them. And it's uh, the dad is left and uh, turns out <laughs> funny twist. Dad 
was actually a witch all along. It's dad who's the witch. But he didn't get burned because he's a dude because this is about misogyny. Anyway, then we skip forward a little bit in time, 18 years later, and then there's a whole bunch of descendants who don't really matter because they're all going to die. Um, and they just they die in various gruesome ways because uh, dad dad comes and puts on the skin of a, of, a, of a young man and kills people and then makes the head explode. And um, I, you guys, I can't. <laughs> seconds. And uh I don't remember what happens then. Uh, Nora Good is the person. She's doing the frame narrative. She's the one who's allegedly writing this all out for uh, posterity for some fucking reason. And uh, Time. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got anything to add? <laughs> no. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was excellent. Thank you. It was mostly excellent. The only thing is the end of the book jumps ahead again in time to where... The, That's right. Yes. The, 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 so first baby. family, first family is wronged. Then they go to wrong the second family, yes. and then after the second family is wronged, then one survivor, then one survivor's like, "I'm gonna keep wronging." Yep, and they keep wronging. Never stop <laughs> wronging. That's right. And did you? I I hope you appreciated how I imitated the pacing of the book in my <laughs> and it was exactly exactly one minute for the entire first part that only needed 15 seconds yep and another minute for the second half for a whole bunch of crazy shit yep so yeah this book is none of us liked it no <laughs> none of us it was okay it was kind of boring uh, it was really boring it was there's something about the book this is R.L. Stein, so we're used to a, a much more flamboyant R.L. Stein. yeah we're used to like monsters this this uh, yeah this R.L. Stein it kind of felt like he had dressed up a little like he was putting on airs this is he like he went to a cocktail party hey hey guys what it's like he was putting on airs because because it's all about descendants and shit oh oh right that's something that's something that's Uh, uh, there's something there right let's sure let's go to Let's check. Let's check our joke counter. How many jokes are we up to so far? We're at negative fourteen. <laughs> Listen, folks, if you want to help these pumps, you're gonna have to pledge more. <laughs> it's really hard to come up with jokes without money, so please pledge more so we can get more jokes out there. Because that's that's all I got is the airs thing. I thought we could stretch that into an episode. For only thirty cents a day, this young man with a PhD can try and create a joke just for this podcast. Just for this one episode of the podcast. Yes. About a book that belongs in the garbage. Oh, doesn't it though? No, it's not that bad. It's not it's not even that I think it's because it's like it's it if I didn't know it was R.L. Stein, I would not be like, oh, R.L. Stein wrote this. I felt like I did R.L. Stein a favor by reading this. Yes. Yeah. And like I'm not really sure what he was trying to get at, like what his what the point was. It's funny you asked that. Really? Danielle. Because guess who's in the other room? Oh shit. Is he here? That's right. He is. I am not going to look at his fucking face. Well, that's probably good because we record in separate rooms now. Yeah. For editing purposes. And also because then it's a surprise when Arl Stein shows up out of nowhere. Sure. Diggity dog. I got to go pee. Okay. Again, Danielle, always. That's our, that's our, that's our, that's our sign. Always whizzing. Always whizzing. Bye. Bye. Uh, Hello. Arl Stein, were you in the bathroom whizzing before Danielle went in there to whiz? Let's say that I was. Did you wash your hand? Let's say that I did, yes. Okay. Okay. What was the other hand doing? Oh, he only washed the one hand, Jeff. Let's talk about the book, shall we? (laughs) Yes. 
Yes. R.L. Stein, we read, I assume this to be your magnum opus. Oh, this is your dark tower. This is your magnum P.I. Yes. My entree into the literary world. I am so smart, you guys. I'm really, really smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. I am opening up the doors of literature. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And I will proceed through them. Okay. Okay. Where do they lead? To the Pulitzer. Is that what they give books? Sure. <laughs> I think the Pulitzer is specifically for journalism. <laughs> well, I could be wrong. <laughs> I, just, I, I, just, I just like R.L. Stein's always opening doors, hoping the next one will lead him to the Pulitzer, much like sliders. <laughs> yes. And you see, I, it might be for journalists now, but it won't be after they read my book. R.L. Stein, what is this book about? What were you trying to do with the betrayal, aside from betraying us of your trust? I was trying to dramatize what it feels like to be deeply wronged and to seek vengeance because it is a very natural human inclination. And it is what has spurred conflict and war and death. And it's also about jewelry because what I want... What I, this is the only thing I want in the world is a necklace that has Latin written on it and that will make people's heads explode. I'm, I, I wanted to put it out there so that maybe someone would do that. Yeah, I, hey, hey, Jeff, do me a quick favor. I don't think this is really RL. I think this is some type of facsimile goof. What? Could you please go get that blow-up head necklace what? and go use it on this RL? Woo! So, yeah, there's something about this RL that seems a little bit off to me. I'm drunk. So I have this necklace. It's a claw that's wrapped around a disc. I don't even know how I got this. I think it was at the secondhand store. And I'm just going to read the words on the back of it. Um, hold on. I need to find the words. <laughs> I don't have. Dominatio permalum RL steinium. Hi, guys. Holy <laughs> shit. As it turns out, I was pretending to be R.L. Stein the whole time. But you are R.L. Stein the whole time. What the hell is going on in here? Daniel, you whizzed. <laughs> and I came back and a guy's head exploded. Yeah, you, did, you reenacted my favorite scene of this book. The only scene that makes the book worth reading, quite <laughs> honestly. So, Danielle, just so you know, R.L. Stein was out here talking about uh, all kinds of fun stuff. Okay. And yeah. then I used this necklace that I got from this, the secondhand store, and I use it on him, and now there's another R.L. Stein here. Yes, that's right. Magic and witchcraft and such. Apparently. Okay, so now that the other R.L. Stein has disintegrated into some sort of goop at your feet, R.L. Stein, real R.L. Stein. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? Can you, give, can you give us any insight into what this book is about? Oh, by the way, I don't know if you were listening. We were reading The Betrayal. Could you hear inside of the head that you were using? Oh, of course I can hear inside of the head that I was in. My head was just in the chest ready to pop out, you know? Oh, uh, like Alien. Like Alien. Like Alien, that's yeah. right. The newest Fortnite skin. Anyway, 
Betrayal is a story about how cyclical violence is typically based in history and more importantly based around slights that are very minor. In this case, the entire story centers around uh, the idea that Susanna and Martha Good were accused of being witches for a petty reason. What was that reason? It was because Edward was wa gotta go marry this one lady who's got money. That's it. You see, the fears are fully motivated by profit and cash money. God lights the lights up. The entirety of their feud is built around the idea that because marrying Susanna Good is a bad business decision, he killed the entire Good family. And Papa Good, who decided to get his revenge, is only partially mad because of the fact that his family's dead. He's more mad that he spent 80 shillings in a brass pan to free them, only to have them not get freed and get burned and such. And it comes down basically to the fact that the entire premise of the story is a dispute about payment and money. As time goes on, what we end up seeing is that the characters rise and fall from grace, more importantly the fact that their entire history is wrapped up around petty disagreements that no one really remembers or fully understands. Twenty years on, we get to see that Papa Good shows up at the fear house to kill everybody, but he also mentions that his son took off. Why did his son take off? Because he doesn't know why the fuck his dad wants to kill a family in a farm. Doesn't matter, though, because after he kills that family, then the youngest fear kid, Ezra, shows up and is like, well, I guess I gotta kill the family that killed my family. I mean, what else do I got? Point is, as time goes on, history builds and builds until no one really remembers why they're fighting. Which also explains why the entirety of this story is a framed narrative by Nora Good, recounting her entire family's history. It is a cycle of violence that, when you get right down to the very beginning, is actually kind of stupid. I gotta point this necklace at a bunch of other people because there's some stuff that can come out of there. I, I, I feel like the other RL would be insulted by that. Well, Danielle, unfortunately, the other RL is dead, so we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> So RL, you're saying this is about cyclical violence, but like the, the 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 original point behind it is lost to time, and it's something that was a stupid reason to begin with. The original point is not only lost the time; the original point is really petty. I mean, could you imagine killing an entire family for eighty dollars? That's a, I mean, that's a PS5 game if you could find one. I'll kill for a PS5. I'll kill a whole family. Oh, hi guys, I'm back now. <laughs> All right, well, R.L. Stein, that was a very astute and very, you know, straightforward reasoning of what this book's all about. And it did make it sound better than it is. It made it sound better than it is. However, now we are done with you, so I'm going to point this necklace at you again. Ah, uh, no, never mind. Maybe next time, R.L. We might need you next time. Ha! R.L. Stein away! Uh, he just took the door this time. He didn't go out any other weird way. Okay. Nope. That was yeah. Sometimes he just leaves the room. Oh, hey, welcome back, Joe. Hi! I came back for a second, left, and came back again. You sure did. So yeah, so now, now we get to talk about sections of the book. I have a historical quibble. Oh. Yeah. So, okay. Benjamin Fear goes to, like, lengths to plant evidence of witchery in the house, right? Like, he... And Benjamin Fear is the bad guy. He is the bad guy. He's big bad. He does walk from his house to theirs. And then he put he plants the evidence, right? So he can accuse them of being witches. 
And um, my my quibble is that you don't need evidence to accuse someone of being a witch. You <laughs> don't need to. That's too much work. It goes against the entire thing that the that the witch the witch trials and the witch hunts were kind of working on. Yeah. No. You could, all you had to do, you could find a mole on someone and say that was a Satan teat. And then you just burn them as a witch. You don't have to try, dude. You could just. Yeah, but Danielle, he didn't know that at the time. Uh, he's not smart enough to know that, I guess. He was living, he was living through it. He didn't see how those, how, how everyone was doing it up in Massachusetts proper. He was just yeah. trying to figure it out. He was a pioneer. He was a pioneer of evidence planting. <laughs> So he, so he, you think that, because so, yeah, so basically, and Jojo, you had a part about him planting the evidence, didn't you? Uh huh. Do you want to bring that up? Maybe we can mix these two together. I would love, to, I would love to. Are we gonna keep this thing we just did? <laughs> yeah, we'll com- we'll combine them into into one. Uh, okay. So uh, this is not a historical quibble. This is an actual part of the book. So this is on page. Uh, 42. So so the first half of this book is like sort of a teen romance kind of thing. It's a lot of setup. Yes. There's a lot of setup. And what happens is um Susanna Good is in love with Edward Fear and and they're having a good time. And then Susanna finds out that Edward is gonna get married. He has an arranged marriage. Um and Edward tells his dad, look, I'm not gonna marry, you know lady monopoly or whoever you found i'm gonna marry Susanna good because i love her and he's like uh-huh. <laughs> we'll see about that and then he goes to the good house while mr good isn't around um so it's just Susanna and her mom by the and way the choice of the of the last name good very subtle very subtle <laughs> rl stein subtle like a hammer <laughs> <laughs> anyway proceed so um, Benjamin Fear shows up. He he knocks on the door, and then uh, Mrs. Good opens it, and she's like, "What's up? What's and good? Hey. <laughs> Me? What's cracking? What's what's good? Other than myself, of course." Pew pew pew. <laughs> and then um, Benjamin Fear ignores her. This is on page forty-two. Keep watch on them. He instructed the two men. There, there was two goons with him. <laughs> I will search for proof. And then Susanna's like, "Proof? Proof of what?" Why why are you here? Why can't you wait for my father to return? Um, Benjamin ignored Susanna, too. He strode quickly to the hearth, his black coat sweeping behind him. Aha! (laughs) (laughs) Wow, he's really good at this. He bent down as if picking up something from behind a kettle. Oh, what's this? Oh. When he turned around to face them, Benjamin held a purple cloth bag in one hand. His lips spread into an unpleasant smile. I believe we have the proof we need. Proof of what? And Benjamin walked quickly to the table, overturned the bag, spilling his contents on the tabletop. And this is my favorite part. Yes. To her astonishment, Susanna saw a chicken's foot, some feathers, dried roots of some kind, a small bone, and a glass vial containing blood-colored liquid. A fucking vial of liquid? Blood-colored liquid, Blood-colored. Who does that? What monster? Witches do, which explains what happens next. 
because the two officers moved quickly, grabbed Suzanne and her mother firmly by the shoulders, and then they got dragged away as witches. This is a big moment in the story. It where, is. It is the, it's it's, the oh, turn. It's the oh, pivot. Beans, Benjamin Fear, what a bad guy. He showed up and and he had a bag. Mm-hmm. Of- now, I'm not going to try to get into the idea that all the witchcraft stuff in this book makes you go, God, we've come a long way. Well, it looks like he just disassembled a chicken. Yeah, that was a lot of cool stuff in that bag. Yeah, that was a cool grab bag. You know when you they're like, hey, grab bag, $5. You don't know what's in it. If I got that one, hell yeah. Well, I, I'm just picturing that he probably went out into the yard and killed a chicken and then cut off its foot, put off the feathers. I'm going to... I'm going to just quickly type in witchcraft mystery bag and just see what <laughs> Google has for me. I did. So in typing in witchcraft mystery bag. Oh, boy. I have been brought to an Etsy shop. Oh, my God. Once upon a potion. Oh, my God. That's a good name. That is good. I like it. Let yourself be surprised with this little witchy bag of mystery. Dude, yeah. You will receive a selection of small primary handcrafted items. All ingredients and materials are organic and cruelty-free, and about three or four, as well as well as a as a randomly picked oracle card. Oh, I want an oracle card. See what message the the universe has for you. There's a nice treat for yourself, and also a cute witchy gift for someone dear to you. Moon heart, moon. If you don't buy this bag, how much is it? Uh, it's twenty five dollars. If you don't buy this bag, you will be doing a disservice to this podcast. We'll be betraying this podcast. That's the true betrayal. That's the real betrayal right there. That's the real betrayal if I don't buy one of these witch bags. Oh, they're they're almost they're all, they are almost gone. Oh shit. Oh shit, dude, they're I think I will order one. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. Where is it coming from? Is it Salem or is it coming from somewhere else? Uh, it doesn't say, well, let me, let me just play, hang on, let me hit place order. Holy fuck, it's shipping from Denmark. Holy shit, that's where the witches be. Oh my god. International. Wow. wow. I gotta pay attention when I order things. <laughs> what was the total price? Fuck, hold on a second, I may have to return this. Oh no, uh, oh no. The item total was $23. Shipping from Denmark to my house was $6. That's the other side of the fucking planet. That's not yeah, bad. that's cheap. Holy shit. You know what? Witchcraft. Well, I guess, I guess my girlfriend's going to get a witchcraft bag. So, yeah. So, as like, that bag, the contents of it that he, un, you know, he spread out on the table, those were things that I'm just like, eh. Like, yeah, those are things impressive. that you'd find, yeah. like, in a Puritan era, in, like, a farm or a small town. What would be, like, what would be the most dead giveaway item you could find in a bag and be like, fuck, they are a witch, shit? Um, a thumb is good. A thumb? A toe. A, a, a tongue. A tongue is good. A tongue. So, okay, so people parts. People part. Delicious, tasty, farm-to-plate people parts. Maybe like a little um, talking bug. <laughs> now, does it matter what the bug says? Uh, the, the, it speaks exclusively Latin. Okay. 
But it's saying very nice things. Oh, but it's in Latin, so it sounds super ominous. So it sounds really <laughs> terrible, but it's just like, this is a really nice house you got here. I really like, you're working that out. Yeah, you're, are you working out lately? You're not as portly as your brother is. Oh, good. Ah. They're like, devil! <laughs> Witchcraft! <laughs> what? No, no, I'm just... Uh, My name's Jerry. I just run a little shop yeah, down the road. Jerry from down the road. I just took a little nap here inside this bag. I'm a talking bug. Yeah, don't you? I <clears throat> thought you would like me. Later in section one, the first half. After Susanna and Martha are taken by the constables, um, after their mystery bag shows up from Denmark. Sorry, I'm just <laughs> stuck on this. I'm, I'm obsessed with this. <laughs> Matthew Fear comes to... Mr. Fear's house and he says, Bill, Bill, listen. Ah, shucks. My my brother, <laughs> he doesn't want to have to kill your family, but and I can talk to him. Yeah, so this is on this is on page. This is on page uh sixty-five, uh, um, which is chapter eight. Um, William says, um, I believe I can save your wife and daughter. Uh, my brother is human, as I said. And then um, William scratches his head and goes, I don't understand. Do you mean to say? And then Matthew says, I can. I have influence with my brother. Um, you can talk to him, William asked you. You can reason with him. You can explain to him that he has made a tragic error, which is which is the same thing three times, which is an <laughs> yes. R.L. Stein yes. state. He did a boo-boo. He did a bad. He made a tragic error. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Matthew, William cried joyfully. He dropped to his knees and bowed his head in silent prayer. Uh, Matthew nodded and swept his dark cloak around him. Dramatic. Very dramatic. He lowered himself to the tall back chair. He's like, but it will be costly. What? <laughs> William asked. Was Matthew Fear asking for a payment for a bribe? It will be costly, Matthew repeated. <laughs> My services on this matter must be well rewarded. Unzips his pants. William Good swallowed hard and put on his knee pads. No, William Good swallowed hard and said, I have little money, he choked out, but I will spend every shilling I have to save Martha and Susanna. And then Matthew goes, price is 100 pounds. And then, and then Will goes, shit. Uh, <laughs> I got 80. 80 pounds is all I brought from England. It's all I have in the world. And then Matthew's dark eyes lit up, reflecting the leaping flames in the hearth. You will have your wife and daughter. Uh, William lowered his head, knowing that he would pay a huge sum to Matthew Fear, know, uh, knowing he would pay anything to rescue them. When he looked up, Matthew was examining a long-handled pan. <laughs> I know! I know the pan! Hanging on the wall beside the hearth. That's a nice-looking pan. Is it brass? And then William's like... Yeah, it's the finest brass. It was crafted by my father. Okay, okay, yeah, I'll take it as part of my payment uh, since you don't have the full hundred pounds anyway. I need something to carry the pounds in, so. Why stop at the pan? I know, take everything, dude. Shit. Now, I could save your, your, your wife and daughter for the pan. If you throw in... If you throw in the juicer, <laughs> if you throw in the place settings, and you throw in a new Ford F-150, I can save a goat. I'll save your kid. I'll save, like, the couple that lives next door. They're not in trouble. Not yet, they're not. What I really love is because the big reveal is that Billy Good is a bad guy. He's a, he's a witch. He's a witch. Uh, and he has dark, evil powers. 
That's that's what we find out. Which yeah. raises a question. But with all that, he couldn't recognize. I think this guy's trying to fucking rip me off. Here's my question about that part is so at this point, we don't know Billy Good is a witch yet. Yes. In the book. It happens a little bit later on. Yes. Once after Matthew. Dead. After after Matthew decides to like betray him. Bah, 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 and which is, is the betrayal. Which is the betrayal. It is. it is. William, we find out, is literally a witch who has the ability to go as far as change his entire appearance to that of a young man. And he couldn't somehow manage to conjure up anything to save his wife and daughter, first of all. That is that is insane. That is not, that makes no sense. Before this even, stopping this from even happening, or even also in that same scene, Jojo, he sees the necklace Mm -hmm. drop down. Is that an evil witch necklace? (laughs) Nah, dog. Nah, it's cool. Nah, it's it's got a picture of a bird claw, and it says power through evil in Latin, but nah, dog, it's cool. It's from Etsy. It's it's just. It's from, I got it in a grab bag. I got got it in my witch grab bag. Oh, fuck. If it's got a witch pendant in there, I'm going to be shocked. But like, so they're having this transaction, which is obviously going to go bad. And then while they're doing it, the necklace that Matthew wears around his neck, which is a disc that's held by like a three-toed claw, pops out and William is like, huh, that's interesting. And then William somehow manages to read the Latin on it, which literally says power through evil. <laughs> which everyone would know at least a little Latin because of going to church and stuff. A little Latin, but William, but he knows Latin because he uses it when he casts his spell like 20 minutes later. They're all in Latin, obviously. And I'm just like, did nothing occur to you, dog? Dog. Seriously. Like, dog. <laughs> you couldn't think of a single. Wait, well, hold on. Hold on a minute. You're telling me you spent 80 bucks in a brass pan so Matthew Fear can get your daughter and wife out of prison for being witches? Yeah. Congratulations. You played yourself. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way you couldn't have done that shit himself. I He's... Mean, he stands there and watches them burn. It's like, bro, you have the power to not. Do that. Yeah, you you could have transformed them into hunky young boys, and then they could have left prison. Exactly, and then they would run away, and they would never find them. He's not. He's just not a good businessman. He didn't read the art of the deal. That's the problem. He read always be closing though. Well, Jojo, that was that was a great section. Thank you. I'm really proud of it. So I have something that I would like to share now. Uh, it's a little bit. It's in. It's in part two of the book. Ooh, the good part. So the first, literally the first half of the book up to like literally the halfway point is all of the goods versus the fear stuff. And yeah. In, 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 in Wichita, wherever the fuck, Witcher. Yeah, in, in Wichtown, Wickham. USA. In Wickham, USA, it is the goods versus the fears, pay-per-view, Monday night fights. Yep, yep, yep. And, yep. Fi- you know, and afterwards, you know, Susanna, she goes down quick. Her mom as well, burned to ash. One, one hit wonders, those ones. And we jump ahead 18 years in the future. Yeah, we do. And now the fears having abandoned. Having escaped in the night. Escaped in the night before the burning of Susanna and Martha. So Susanna and Martha were burned. Matthew tricked William. And then I guess they they just packed up the whole fam and just bolted. A thing that makes no sense whatsoever. Makes no sense. And now 18 years later, they have a new life on a farm some ways away, I suppose. They've got, they've got, apparently they're done being grifters. That was just their one little grifter phase, like real quick. They grifted once and now they're ready for 20 years of working hard on the farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dipped in, dipped out. So they're all living there. And, uh, chapter 12, for me, it's, uh, it's page, page 83 in the Kindle. There's a man, 
a man with a long white beard and he's watching him. He's watching the fears. And do you know who it is? Uh, is it Toby Maguire? Is it, is it William Good? It's William Good played by Toby Maguire in the film adaptation. Yes. 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 So William Good has tracked down the fears. He's spying on him. His stomach growls. It had been a while since he'd eaten, but he was too excited to think about food now. Too excited to think about his long journey, a journey of years. I don't know how far away they moved. It wasn't that far. He could feel his heart pounding. How far away could they have moved? Not that far. They're all in the middle of America. Not that far. Massachusetts colony. Yeah, they didn't even fucking leave Massachusetts. Yeah, they're still in Massachusetts. Yep. He got lost, and then he stopped for a while. Uh, he could feel his heart pound beneath his thin shirt. His breath escaped in noisy wheezes. Oh, no, sorry. This is there in the western Pennsylvania frontier. That's still not years away. Yeah, that's still not not not. not. You have to walk real slow. You have to walk real slow. You have to stop a lot. You have to go to all the different like sideshow attractions, like the big ball of yarn, giant safety pin, mystery spot, big old dinosaur. Oh, I love that bug ranch. Bug ranch. That's love a bug so ranch. Great. He's been a good four weeks at the bug ranch alone. Love the bug ranch. Who wouldn't? His breath escaped in noisy wheezes. Such rapid breathing, his sides began to ache. He gripped the tree trunk so tightly because he was laughing so fucking hard. <laughs> Oh, God, my sides are fucking splitting. <laughs> he gripped the tree trunk so tightly his hands hurt. At last, he whispered to the tree. At last, he whispered. He wh a whispered cry of joy, of triumph. A white-haired man was William Good. For almost 20 years, I have sought this moment, he thought, staring intently at the flickering light through the window, listening to the chime of voices inside. For 20 years, I have searched the colonies for the fears, my enemies. At last, I have found them. At last, I can carry out my curse. At last, I can have, a, I can avenge my wife and daughter. So my thought, really, my concern being, is that curses are an up and personal thing, and he had to <laughs> deliver it in person. Yes, it has to be very close by. Proximity matters. What a shitty witch. <laughs> he spent 20 years. He couldn't find, I just, it, the, the fact that like, he's like, ah, I curse thee. I gotta do it. I gotta be within six feet of you. I have to see him to curse him. <laughs> I'm a seeing witch. Listen, Jeff, you got you to gotta give him a break because he doesn't live in the world that we live in where it's like, go to this website, type in some information, hold your breath and quick search. He doesn't live in that world. What is he doing in that 20-year trek between all the like hand wringing, you know, and the, the grumbling and like the talking to trees? I, I imagine at least a few nights he spent going, maybe I don't need this. Maybe I could take <laughs> up the banjo. Maybe what am I doing with my life right now? Am you think I? he met like a, a new lady at some point? He was like, I could settle down. I could start a new family. But the, just one last job. <laughs> one last job. One last job. <laughs> one last one. Listen, honey, if I kill this entire family with witchcraft, we'll be on easy street. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll settle down. We'll have... William, come back to bed. You need to let it go. No! And he... And he has like a he has like a wall of, of just like a map of the colonies with different pins and claw yes. and like <laughs> strings and he's like, I'll find them. There's only three places they could be. Here, where I came from, and everywhere else in this untamed wilderness of America in the sixteen hundreds. <laughs> but I will find them. When I trek, don't worry. I don't she's like, pack a lunch, sweetie. Pack No, no food. Mm. 
My anger will sustain me. And then like four days later. And then, and then he gets the tree. He's like, fuck, my <laughs> anger was, was, did not have a lot of, was not calorically rich. Oh, I am feeling weak. A rage is such empty calories. I'm so tired. I just, I just like that. I just, I had wrote down like no long distance curse. Available. <laughs> yeah. You can't do it over the phone. None of that nonsense. You gotta do it in person. He's a real, like, he's that kind of guy who's like, look, I want to have this meeting in person. No, I don't want to send an email. No, no, no. We need to see each other face to face. This, this curse could have been an email. <laughs> okay. This curse could have, and also you blocked out an hour for this curse. It could have been 15 minutes, which meant it could have been an email. Yeah. But I just think that it's so odd that he has to like, he goes to such lengths to do this and he's fucking ragged apparently. And then we find out two minutes later that his magic is so powerful that he could turn into Taylor Lautner if he wants to. Yes. Well, so can I, but you don't hear me gassing on about it. There is one thing I want to add on to what I just brought up regarding William Good. And his magic. The next page over. The very next page. The very next page. There's two lines that I absolutely love. Um, William is talking to himself and assumedly the tree that he's standing next to. And he's looking at the fears from across the field. He's like, man, these guys, they aged badly. His shoulders are hunched. He leans heavily on his stick with a trembling grip. And then William chuckles to himself. All the better to help you topple into your grave, Benjamin Fear, William Good thought with a grim smile. And then he sees Matthew, who's strutting around with his big tummy out. And then William declared himself, you will strut to your grave, Matthew, Willie decided. (laughs) 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 Boom! (laughs) I just like that maybe the only thing he can kind of go to... You will strut to your grave! Coming in with the roast! Always roasting, but everyone is having to do something to their grave constantly (laughs) when he references them. You're going to travel to your grave! I love it. He sees the, 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 daughter, the daughter Mary carrying sweet rolls. He's like, hmm, you'll carry that basket of sweet rolls right to your grave. you brush your teeth right into the grave. I do love that very much. Yeah. I think that's very cool. It happened very quickly after one another. It was great. Yeah. He's very creative. Yes. He's a He's witch. He's a super creative fellow. Yeah. He's a witch, yes. All right, so that's my section. <laughs> Those are wonderful sections, Jeff. I'm very yep. happy that you could, uh, you could share them with I us. I am pleased. Yes. Does anyone have anything that they would like to share after my section that I just read right now and shared with the class. We have the scene. Yeah, there's the scene. I have a, well, I have something before the scene. If we don't have anything before the no, scene. I don't, I don't have anything. Else. I really don't have anything before <laughs> the scene. Okay. Because the scene is so fucking good. It really is. I've got something. It's a little goof before the scene. Okay. So this is two, two Jeff Browns in a row. So for me, it's page 127. This is uh, chapter 19. So at this point now, Jeremy Thorne is a young man who is played by Taylor Lautner, which we keep referencing. (laughs) I don't know why that surprised me. The subtlety of the naming is just so great. Such a literary quality to that. He, He shows up and he's like working on the farm for the fears. And unfortunately, things start to happen that are bad. Edward falls and hurts himself from the roof. And then his wife, Rebecca, is found hung and dead. And the... Uh, and dead. Hung and dead. Hell yeah. <laughs> Daniel, some of us are just hung. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, Benjamin Fear, who is the big bad, he starts to lose all feeling in his body. And then they find him dead in a field. So the family's now starting to to get that curse. That curse is kind of running through them all. So they're at the 
they're at the funeral. Sweet curse note. That sweet curse. Those curse tannins. There's there's some there's a hint of uh, cherry leather and curse. Curse. <laughs> in here, uh, and now they're having uh, a funeral. Now, just we didn't really mention this, but the second half of the book is almost entirely played from the perspective of um, Mary fear yeah she we have finally after having like very blase characters we get mary and she's somewhat endearing she's sweet i like mary fear she's She's sweet her number one qualities are girl Uh there's other qualities obviously (laughs) i mean i mean i've made my point i think but she's the daughter of matthew and his wife constance so she's very nice and she like doesn't think mean things about anybody she doesn't know anything about her family's past yeah so and she loves jeremy her and jeremy are sweeties but jeremy's from he's just a farmhand you know what we're gonna do about that just a farm yeah so they're they're at the funeral Mary suddenly saw Jeremy standing at the edge of the crowd of villagers. He was dressed in black breeches and a loose-fitting black shirt. He was wearing a battered old hat with a broken brim. Despite her grief, a faint smile crossed her face. She had never seen Jeremy in a hat before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at Jeremy in a hat. Her, 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 her cousin and her uncle were just found horribly, mur- horribly <laughs> murdered in the last couple of days. She's at a fucking funeral with like the whole town. And then she looks across the way and sees a boy. She's like wearing a hat and she's like, ha. Oh, he's kind of rocking that. He's got that. a nice hat. Yeah. I, I didn't know he, I thought he didn't have a face for hats, but he does. <laughs> it just seems so weird to me. Like, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go up. Blah, blah, blah. Curse, curse. And, and God bless them and put them on the ground. Let us say the Lord's prayer real quick. Mary, are you smiling? That fucking hat, though. Yeah. Can we God, time hat. out? Oh, it does it for <laughs> it, me. I don't really know what it is. It is working. Is it, is it, is it keeping the... Oh, is it keeping the sun out of your eyes? Oh, tired. Yeah, tell me more. Is it giving you that sweet little bald spot on the top of your head? Oh, yeah, definitely. Ooh, is. Does it have a sweat rim Delicious. around it? You know where that hat would look better than on top of your head? On your wiener. On my bedroom floor after I take it off your wiener. <laughs> Let me just take a step out of the jokes for a second. So. We did the classic setup. That's a really nice <laughs> article of clothing. You know it would look even better. And then Danielle says, on my wiener. <laughs> Which, one, does not make sense for her. It doesn't make sense for pretending to be Mary Fear either. I don't... I, so I have a quick question. Is there such a thing as a hat fetish? There's gotta be. I mean... There's gotta be, and I'm about to Google. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. I don't want the fear. I said I'm looking up hat fetish, and it's giving me hat fear. <laughs> well, Jeff, fear and desire are two halves of the same. They're two brims of the same hat, my good man. That's right. So yeah, there. I, I'm not getting anything immediately from a hat fetish. However, to go back to Etsy again today, <laughs> if you type in the word fetish hat, Ooh. the top two <laughs> responses are baseball hats you can buy. One says bottom oh. and one says plant lady. What? Do you guys ever wonder why we're not more successful and then you hear the fucking bits we do and then you go, oh... <laughs> Why aren't we even more successful than we think we should be? How, yeah, we should be way more successful. Fucking <laughs> Joe Rogan doesn't spend his time talking about 
I like to think that maybe he was wearing a real big hat, like a Kentucky Derby <laughs> hat, and that's what brought our attention to it as well. Maybe it had like some fruit on it. Yeah, he's got the, he's got the the Chiquita banana hat is what he's wearing yeah. across the way yeah. at the funeral. She's like, oh, I'm hungry. How could you ignore the Chiquita banana hat from across the funeral? <laughs> you can't. No. You just can't. You can't. He could be. What if he's wearing a regular baseball hat, but it's just sideways? It's like, oh, <laughs> fuck. What is he doing with that? She's like, I must be a witch because, you know, she should be like, you must be a witch because you're bewitching me. Yeah, yeah oh I'm all God. in on this. Oh, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. <laughs> As don't you feel shouldn't. Good. I just wanted to, I, so I had to bring our attention to the, the hat. The hat is great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's like, it seems like in this portion of the book, things that happen to Jeremy's head are the best. Yeah, there's oh, a lot yeah. of, maybe that's why she was, maybe that's why she saw his head blow up so easily later on. Because yeah, because she was thinking about the hat. <laughs> she was thinking about that she hat. Put a hat on that stump. And that's oh. why she freaked out afterwards. She was like, what's he going to put a hat on now? Where's his hat? <laughs> Where's his hat? <laughs> That's 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 the section I wanted to bring to attention. It's wonderful. Thanks, a wonderful section, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, so now we've come to <laughs> the big boy. Yeah, there's a big scene in the betrayal that's sort of like it's kind of like all the gruesomeness of the story is sort of like kept a little subtle, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. classic gothic horror. Very like, PG. Oh, the 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 family's burned at the stake. Oh, but it's just kind of like you're focused more on how William reacts to it. There's there's the part where Mary finds Rebecca's body. She doesn't actually say Rebecca is hanging because she hung herself. They just kind of say, I heard her swinging in the stretch of rope. Very subtle. And then we get this part, which is uh, shortly after... Mary has revealed that um, she's pretty sure the family was cursed and that Jeremy is actually Jeremy Good, that she's going to marry Jeremy and put this feud to rest. So she invites Jeremy to dinner. And his father, William. And his father, William. Jeremy Williams. So Jeremy is William's son. It's He's not. But <laughs> she, she thinks it is. It'd be kind of wild if that really was the case. It's so like... Like, William is kind of staring at the house like, I'm going to fucking get those fears. And Jeremy's like, Pa, are we going to stop walking for a while? <laughs> no, there's the same guy. So, uh, uh, Danielle, um, can you please uh, t tell us this, the, what, what page scene, all that good stuff is for the, the, big, the big scene? Uh, yeah, so for me on the Kindle, it's page 143. Uh, if you have the print, if you have the, um, the reprint three-pack book, uh, from 2015, it's on page 157. As Jeremy crossed the room to greet him, Matthew Fear raised the silver disc over his head and pointed it at Jeremy. Jeremy hesitated. His smile faded. Matthew called out the words on the back of the disc. Dominatio parmalum! Jeremy's head exploded with a low pop. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Just a little one. Oh, a sorry. low, a low one. Well, let me do a low one. Okay. That's better. That's better. Yes, that was good. That's perfect. Uh, yeah. At first, no one was sure where the sound had come from. <laughs> Mary was the first to realize that something horrible had happened. His hat holder! <laughs> His hat holder, where'd it go? Jeremy's beautiful... Non-hatted <laughs> skull had cracked open. Boy, and the skin on his face was 
blistered and peeled away. Pink brains bubbled up from his open skull. Like some kind of soft hat. (laughs) (laughs) His thinking cap, if you will. (laughs) Ah, shit. That was a good one, Jeff. His face appeared to melt away, and another face pushed up from under the shattered skull. Hello! Hello! Not like a hat on a hat. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. the frog. <laughs> Another head appeared on Jeremy's body, and Mary's like, oh, thank God, a hat holder. <laughs> thank Christ. I was really worried. I can still marry him. It's fine. This We could work this out. The head of a white-haired man, his cheeks scarlet, his eyes brimming with hatred. William Good, Matthew declared, still holding the strange medallion above his head. Yes, it is I, William replied weakly. Yes, it is I. I almost stole your daughter from you, Matthew. Gross. Gross. But your powers are stronger than mine. I'm a sheep. (laughs) Jeremy, Mary shrieked, finally finding her voice. Jeremy, Jeremy. Where is my Jeremy? (laughs) You dumb idiot. You dumb fucking piece of shit. You idiot. That's Mary for the rest of the book is her looking around like, Jeremy? Where's he go? Jeremy? That's a good magic trick. (laughs) I mean, I don't disagree that she would be incredibly traumatized by watching a dude's head done blow up in front of her. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. That is real, real trauma. I would almost be more, I mean, she's worried about Jeremy. So, so William Good was Jeremy the whole time. Yeah. Old, old man. Which means he did empty out the shed. He did clear the, he did, he did work. clear the, he had all that energy in him. Um, but like, I'm just amazed that like Mary kind of had first, she was like, for the rest of the book, she's like, Jeremy, where's Jeremy? Instead of just being like, I kissed an old man. Gross. <laughs> Make it out with this old Gr- man? <laughs> Gross. What the shit? She's not really taking into account the fact that the entire time it was some old dude who was yeah, like... Yeah, no, she seems fine with that. It's like canoodling with her behind the shed. Like, did he have to be in there? To, I mean, he killed the other two fears. Why did he have to do this elaborate, like, scenario? You have to think it was for enjoyment. Listen, listen, Jeff. I know that you, like me, are thinking... Why didn't he just, when they were eating dinner, throw gasoline on the house and burn it down as soon as he got Mm -hmm. there? Because at least then we would have a consistent theme of burning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know what, Jeff? That's why you and I and Danielle, I guess, also just do a podcast where we talk about Goosebumps books and not a podcast where we make Goosebumps books. Well, I hope that when your bag arrives, Joe, that you can get some more insight as now a witch into why he chose to make himself into a young man to canoodle with a 17-year-old girl, get invited to dinner under the pretense of getting married and combining the families, but instead got his head blowed up and turned to ash. Why do I feel like you're mad at me about that? I feel like as you were saying that, like, I was in trouble. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad at the situation that you put us in. <laughs> Can I just say one thing based on that passage also? Danielle, you have my phone, so you'll have to read it. Okay. Um, when he when he actually kills William, mm-hmm. he does it the second time. He pops the head first. That's the intro. Yeah. yeah. And then he does it again, and he says the Latin words, 
And then he says the Latin words in English. Yeah, he adds that for style. <laughs> that's for well, that's for emphasis. The Latin version makes you blow up. The American version makes it uh, turn turn to dust. For a long buildup, William sure does go down fast without any fight. <laughs> he just, yeah, he just bites it. I thought he was gonna be like still alive, but as a fucking wizard. No, could... no. <laughs> what did you? So that that's why the Snyder cut of the Fear Street saga is gonna have like a fifteen-hour fight scene. I can't believe that Joss Whedon ruined Fear Street. Ugh. Oh God, he ruins everything, man. I can't believe. I know that was the thing. I thought that he'd like. I thought they'd have some sort of fucking wizard battle. No, I thought that would have a point. You yeah. Know? No, he just he he bites. He like his head explodes, mm-hmm. and then he's like, "It's me." Yeah, and it's not even, they don't even have a Harry Potter versus Voldemort. They just have a Voldemort kills Harry and Harry's actually dead. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. So did we, did we kill this book? Yeah. I think we did it. I think we've done it. And I, I think, think so. uh, and are we going to do the behind the screams? Daniel, do you have that article? I do. So normally in, uh, in the readings of uh, R.L. Stein books, we sometimes like to close our show with what we think is a useful and valuable bit we're going to do a little thing that we like to call behind the screams danielle i believe you have located an article for this week's behind the screams i have i have indeed this article is entitled 14 freaky facts about rl stein's fear street books by aaron mccarthy this is on mental floss danielle yes. before you say even one more fucking word mm-hmm. jeff you and i have to guess some of the facts so I, here's here's what I'm going to guess. One of them is going to be that there's like five different Fear Street series. One of them's going to be is that Fear Street is a street in Shadyside, Ohio, where many of the Fear Street stories takes place. One of them is going to be that the the fears were a family that lived on Fear Street and their house burned down under mysterious circumstances. And one of the facts is that the Fear Street saga is going to be made into a Netflix series. Those are four facts that I'm almost certain are going to show up in this article. The last one I with you, I definitely agree with. Uh-huh. I will say that R.L. Stein based Fear Street on a spooky street that was in a neighborhood that he lived in. Ooh, that's good. Oh, that that's was, really yeah. good. And it wasn't yeah, maybe yeah. called Fear Street, but it was a street that all the kids were afraid of because a creepy family lived there and a bunch of houses were fucked that's up. That's a stuff. that's such an endearing little story that I really want that to be a fact, but I'm almost certain no one would yeah, do the it's research. Probably on it. not really. Probably just made it up. And let me just to give you a sense of direction here. Yeah, um, give us a taste. You are focusing on useful information. (laughs) The Fear Street books usually have more than 100 pages. Yes, it's more (laughs) along those lines. Okay. All right, so it's completely, like, banal things. It's vapid? It is stupid as fuck, except for the first one. All right, all right, Danielle, hit us with with some of those gems. Okay, well, I'm not going to start with the first one. I'm going to start with the one that I feel is particularly relevant to the discussions that we've had in this uh, particular episode. This is fact number three. The series title just popped into his head. Cool. So my thing was wrong. Yes. But, but. <sighs> He's like, here's your Stein. He's just walking to the store. Fear Street. So, so hold on, hold on. One of the 14 facts we didn't know about Fear Street is that R.L. Stein thought of it. Thought of it. <laughs> Correct. Yes. But mm. they do have a quote from R.L. I just thought of it. Ugh. It was the first one I thought of. <laughs> Fuck off. You know what? R.L. Stein first thought, best thought. Exactly. You just you go with your gut. 
Danielle, against my better judgment, what else you got? The next one, I, I can't even. I, I feel like this is now a, a R.L. Stein like uh, defense piece or puff piece. R.L. Stein did nothing wrong. <laughs> exactly. So the next fact is the characters aren't fleshed out on purpose. Though he's been criticized for it. That's that's <laughs> now hold on. <laughs> Right? I did it on purpose. That's that's what that's what I say about all my side characters in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intentionally doing bad. It's on purpose, you Philistines. I did it on purpose. That's what I say about my bad jokes. I did it on purpose. It's called anti-humor. Thanks, Joe. What is their excuse? Okay, Stein told CNN that his character's lack of depth is deliberate. I don't want to create a whole character. I want the reader. That's work. <laughs> That's too much writing. I got to get this shit out once a month. <laughs> I want the reader to feel like the character, he said. So I'm great at full-blown cardboard characters. I give him credit for saying that. At least he knows. At least he knows. Least aware. That's, a, that's a, yeah, I guess that's a, I guess that's a way of. It's like, it's like it's hand waving away like yeah. bad character. But I would say that for Goosebumps books, sure. For like the for Fear Street, that's a that's a little You need a little there. you you put more words on the paper. You should put some of those words to attribute to the character. Yeah, yeah like, if you're gonna make me sit here for fucking two hundred pages, you can at least make me give a fuck. Have we done enough work today to justify me going to the store to get a milkshake? You have to go to the store to get a milkshake? Well, the, the milkshake store. I don't know why I called it that. The milkshake store. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you to the dog party for the use of our theme song, Bad Dream, off of the album Hit and Run. Uh, great song by a great band. You can check it out at dogpartylive.com and dogparty.bandcamp.com. Com. Geese Bumps is one piece of a ton of fun comedy content produced by us over here at Mom Hat. You can uh, listen to our uh, Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition actual play podcast, The Rolls We Made, um, available wherever podcasts can be found. You can also watch our YouTube Let's Play the series of pretty much no context gameplay of various <laughs> games at uh, <laughs> youtube.com slash JoJo has fun. J O E J O E H A S F U N. Uh, the next episode of our show is going to be coming out in one week's time. It's going to be a mini bump and it's going to come out on March 9th. So you don't need to do any homework beforehand. The next book we're going to be reading is. It's the one that was recommended Camp Jelly Jam. Goosebumps uh, 33, the horror at Camp Jelly Jam, which has the creepiest cover of all Goosebumps books. I think that, oh, uh, you can, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can contact us at geesebumpspod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at geesebumps underscore pod, uh, which is, uh, I think mostly Danielle is on there causing trouble. Yep. 99% Danielle. 1% me when Danielle feels too bad to do a tweet. You rascal. I am. Um, I think that covers all of our stuff. Danielle, do you want to break us off a piece of that last, last line? Village of Shadyside. 1900. Nora Good hunched over her writing paper, the candlelight flickering over the small desk. She lowered her pen and took a moment to stretch her aching fingers. So much to tell, she said, staring into the yellow flame. So much to write. 
This poor hen must hold out until my story is through. And the story was just beginning, Nora knew. The fears would continue to pay dearly for their betrayal of the goods. Blood would flow, the blood of both families, through decades. Yes, my frightening story has just begun, Nora whispered. It is a long and bitter tale, and I must finish it before the night is over. Bending to her task, she picked up the pen, dipped it into the inkwell, and feverishly began to write again. To be continued! Dot, dot, dot. My name is Jojo. I have a PhD. My name is Danielle, and I have a questionable uh, claim to a PhD. My name is Jeff, and I'm a witch! He's a witch! <laughs> He's a witch! <laughs> this has been Goosebumps, the Tinchy Week Goosebumps podcast. Until next time, stay out of the basement. Just like somebody I used to know. <laughs> <laughs>